Welcome to the JMAC Tries Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's J-Mac, and this is my show. Who am I? 43-year-old husband, father, successful business owner, and age group triathlete. That's right, swimming, biking, running, whenever I can, 8 to 15 hours a week, training all the time, working all the time, being a husband and dad all the time as well, and trying to figure out how to balance all those things. Um, Why am I here? I'm bringing you a podcast all about four things, motivation, positivity, awesomeness, and badassery. And as usual, today's guests, yes, plural, two guests are no exception to that rule. They are Adelaide Purr and Kenneth Peterson, otherwise known as Real Tri Couple on Instagram. Their husband and wife up-and-coming pro triathletes who just got their pro card a couple years ago and they're trying to just trying to make a living as a pro and not only just one of them doing it but both of them doing it so as you know the world of professional triathlon is not as glamorous as it may seem it involves a ton of traveling a ton of training um, and just struggling to to get in that top spot to make any type of money and to have a husband and wife doing it at the same time makes it all more challenging. But these guys are doing it. Ken and Adelaide, they're really, they're really having a good time doing it. I had a great conversation with them. Um, they've only been doing, like I said, the professional try side of it for a couple of years. Kenneth was a uh, ex-cyclist. Adelaide has a background in swimming. And they're out in Boulder just trying to get it done. And to make it worse, or to make it more complicated, I should say, uh, about three and a half years ago, Adelaide was in a serious cycling accident. And we talk a little bit about that, how Kenneth took care of her, how far Adelaide has come from that, the struggles they've been through, not only during the crash, but uh, the years since, and even to this day. Uh, it challenges them both physically and mentally. But it seems like they are just moving on and getting it done. And we had a really great conversation talking about all things. They were very open and honest about the crash, and I truly appreciate that. It's a, obviously a, a hard subject to talk about, and again, I learned a lot from it. So I was glad to have them on here and talk about that. And also to inspire us on what it takes to be a spousal pro triathlete. It's not easy, obviously, as you might expect. But they're having a good time. They train a lot. They enjoy the time that they have together. Uh, sounds like there's very little downtime from each other, but it's those recovery swims and massages that they get to do together that makes it all that much enjoyable. So we talk about what their race season looks like for this year. 
um, that, that cross between wanting to keep the local races and do those local races, but still needing to race in the big Ironmans to, uh, to make that money. Also, some of their sponsors who I want to give a shout out to, A-Squared Bikes and Core of Swiss, uh, two local companies out in Colorado and Oregon who are just helping these guys doing what they do, have a good time, put them on some cool bikes, put some cool clothing on them, and, um, and just have fun doing it. So really excited to be bringing to you guys another professional triathlete, actually triathletes. So this is really exciting to keep the street going of pro triathletes. But again, I want to focus on motivating, motiv- motivational stories here, and these guys have a great story. So great conversation we had a good time talking as usual, and uh, their upcoming race is Oceanside. So I want to have them back on after they get a couple races under their belts. So without further ado, Kenneth Peterson, Adelaide Per, Real Tri Couple. Hey guys, you made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No worries. I, I always equate it to the uh, the beginning of a triathlon. It's just, uh, you know, the swim, kicking each other, punching each other, and eventually it works itself out. So here we are. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Good. Uh, well, I, I mean, I've been better. I'm getting over cold, but uh, I'm not coughing quite as much as I was yesterday. Oh, good. The, 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 the having a conversation, a recorded conversation with someone who's hacking all over the place is not really that enjoyable. So thank you. <laughs> uh, I tried to get it all out right before, but the, uh, the, the worst, I, I did this once and I had a cold for like two weeks and I had no voice. And by the end, I just couldn't talk anymore. So, um, yeah, this it sounds much better when everybody has a clear voice. So, again, thank you guys for joining me. I truly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yep. And you guys are out in the uh, the tri mecca of the world in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. there's uh, every time we go to the gym, there's about ten other people that are faster than us, so it's it's good for motivation. It's good for getting beaten down every every time there's someone out there to make you want to push a little harder. Exactly. Isn't isn't the running joke out there if you need a triathlon coach just stand on the corner of main street and say i need a coach and 10 people will come find you yeah one of those people will probably be us too we'll find ourselves because we're we're trying to be coaches as well <laughs> i love it well that's that's a great segue so why don't we uh i want i'm gonna do the, the the big intro on the front end but why don't we hear from you guys your origins and who you are and um yeah just fire it off um well, I'm originally from um, Pittsburgh, and I grew up doing swimming and doing um, some running. I did um, a triathlon or two uh, back in 2011, but I was on a heavy steel frame touring bike, and my goals were quite different. <laughs> um, when I met Kenneth, he was cycling. And he bought me my first road bike, um, and I got into cycling. Uh, then I decided I was going to go back and, and do um, another triathlon or two, and that's when I got hit by a car. Oh, Jesus. And okay. so when um, that happened, 
I decided I really wanted to come back to the sport. A lot had been taken away from me in that, mm-hmm. and I really didn't want um, my enjoyment on the bike to be one of those things taken away from me out of the crash. So mm-hmm. I came back, Kenneth became professional, and then I wanted to follow in his footsteps, I guess, um, and enter into his world a little bit more. <laughs> And I, uh, let's see, I uh, grew up in Oregon and uh, did a bunch of different sports growing up. I wasn't really a swimmer, but it, I ran cross country in high school, did a lot of soccer and whitewater kayaking, which doesn't really transfer over to basketball. <laughs> right. Uh, Except unless you fall overboard on the boat. So. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do much. Luckily, I didn't do much swimming. I had a good role. <laughs> Uh, then I got into rowing and bike racing in college and I was a bike racer after college, uh, up until I met Adelaide, um, when she got hit and when she got hit, that kind of, uh, sort of ruins cycling for me a little, a little Mm -hmm. bit. Like I didn't enjoy it as much. Um, I also had undiagnosed Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disorder, which uh, basically just makes you tired and weak. And oh. I'd been, I had a really good 2013, and then after um, 2014 when she got hit, uh, the Hashimoto's was bad. Um, I'd also been on a uh, team that was in Sweden that kind of uh, folded, and that was kind of a big letdown. And, um, so the next year, 2015, I, um, I decided to just do triathlon just to see what it was like Mm -hmm. and enjoyed it immediately and, uh, started focusing on that the next year. And, and you found just from reading your bio, Kenny, you found some success pretty quick when you, um, as an amateur and that led you to your pro card. Is that correct? Yeah. I, uh, my first race was St. George and I, won that um, that's pretty successful (laughs) yeah well it it led to like a way like an over inflated uh ego because i i thought that i could come in to professional triathlon and like do really well immediately so i did (laughs) i did boulder it was my first pro race which was like five or six weeks after saint george so by that time i was walking again yeah because i i didn't really do much um running that first year, first half year, because I was still bike racing full time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so St. George just crippled my legs. So then I did Boulder and got ninth, but it was kind of a weak feel that year. And uh, that was the last good result I had that year. I did a couple more races and came in like 17th or something and okay. kind of realized that triathlon was going to be more difficult than I had thought. Right. <laughs> Go figure. Still figuring that out. <laughs> And, and Adelaide, you were so inspired by Kenneth that you turned you, – do you also have your pro card? Uh, she wasn't inspired by me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. I, uh, she was my inspiration. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, uh, I got my pro card last year at Raleigh. Yeah. Um, Raleigh. Uh, when I met Kenneth, he was – training full-time as a cyclist and I just really like the 
training even more than the racing and the lifestyle that it brings. Now mm-hmm. that Kenneth's doing that, um, it's just fun having it be b- both of us and having us both suffer <laughs> workouts during the day. No, just it. We push each other, and you know, Kenneth now coaches me on the bike for the bike section. I have a run coach, mm-hmm. um, but Kenneth's been a great coach and cheerleader from before I was even doing triathlon when I was just bike racing. And so that's a really meaningful thing for me too. And now I want to, I didn't want to brush over the, um, your accident Adelaide, but I also wanted to talk about that's how, so can you proposed to Adelaide, um, in the is it OR or ER? Uh, I see you. Oh, even worse. Uh, um, or I, Wait, intensive care. Yeah, yeah, I see you. Yeah, yep. uh, yeah, I came across her the crash scene because we we were going to ride together that day. We started out riding together on a small group ride, and then she Adelaide split off to kind of do her own thing because she was going to do a 110 mile ride, and I was going to ride a lot shorter than that. Mm-hmm. But I was going to ride the lat, like meet her on this loop she was doing from the opposite direction, and then just kind of draft on her and yell at her to go faster <laughs> for, a, for a lap and then go home. So, but I, I never saw her. Uh, so I figured she had just had really bad legs or uh, wasn't feeling good or something and had uh, called it quits earlier. But then I came, I started to crest this small hill on uh, US 36, which is just a very popular um, road to ride on here in Boulder. And it's kind of busy, um, but there's a huge shoulder. It's like a whole lane for the shoulder. Um, it's, it sucks to ride on just because the traffic is fast on it, but you mm-hmm. kind of have to take that road to get to certain, to get north of Boulder. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, there's an ambu- or, uh, flashing lights up at the top of this hill, and I saw a water bottle that I had filled for Adelaide that morning that was on the side of the road. Oh, and, God. Uh, the previous week, I had come across an, uh, another scene where a cyclist had gotten hit. So the, when I saw these, the lights, I immediately started thinking of a cyclist being hit, and I saw the water bottle, and I thought maybe it was Adelaide. So I went up there, and the whole scene had been cleared by this point. There was just the car that was hit. that had glass, um, broken windshield, or a broken uh, side window. Mm-hmm. And a police officer and some people standing around, like the ambulance had gone and um, all the other emergency vehicles that were that had been there were gone. And the police officer that was there hadn't been there when Adelaide was there, so he didn't know who was hit. So I was kind of like asking questions, trying to figure out uh, who, what the person looked like, whether it was a boy or a girl. And mm-hmm. um, one of the drivers said that he thought her name was Adelaide and then that's that's when I realized it was her. So then I, after yelling at the driver, and um, I got on my bike and just started riding to the hospital because I, I asked the police officer where it was. He couldn't give me a ride because he was still doing the crash scene investigation. Right. So I just got on my bike, and it was like a half an hour ride. Just rode as hard as I could to the hospital, and uh, I let in. Um, heard that she wasn't going to die, but her 
pretty much every bone in her face was broken and she had severe lacerations and disfigurement and uh, they didn't know like whether her uh, neurological uh, whether she'd be able to walk or mm-hmm. um, they said that she they thought that she would be able to walk and uh, wasn't going to be she wasn't going to be paralyzed but they weren't sure I saw her briefly after that and signed consent for them to get to start doing surgery mm-hmm. and uh, I mean I didn't really see her face that was pretty much covered up but yeah she was unconscious they had put her in a sedated coma quickly after she got in and then later that night like my brother came his girlfriend's uh Adelaide's sister and her fiance uh finally like they all showed up um it's pretty difficult to reach them because i didn't know any phone numbers right uh and then like midnight that night or around 11 when we were leaving uh, we were let we were let in to see her because she had um, gotten through the first operation. Uh, it was like six or seven hours, and uh, I asked her when everyone else left the room. I, room, I asked her if um, if she would marry me. And she, <laughs> squeezed, she squeezed my hand, and but she didn't squeeze my hand as hard as she had squeezed it for the question of whether she should get a. Uh, Vitamix or not. <laughs> the Vitamix was more important at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She doesn't remember any of it, but uh, she definitely was responsive. Like, she could squeeze a hand slightly yeah. at that point. It, so that's the, that's the story of our engagement. <laughs> Holy crap. So how how'd you top the wedding? <laughs> uh, <laughs> We just got married in the clerk's office, actually. There you yeah. go. <laughs> right. Yeah. We just, uh, it's been a rough winter and we decided to keep it, keep it pretty simple and just, uh, just do it at the clerk's office and we had a little party later. That's awesome. And, and Adelaide, so here we are three, so it's 2014. So three years later, Yeah. three and a half years later and, years later. and how are you doing physically and emotionally with, with everything? Um, I'm doing really good. Great. I, yeah. Um, I do have a huge scar across my face mm-hmm. and like my forefront teeth are, are replaced or have crowns or whatnot. And, um, like I'll, I still have, um, tooth damage. I was chewing on some chips yesterday and could feel my one tooth, but, um, <laughs> who doesn't have these problems every once in a exactly. while? Exactly. So it's not really that bad. Um, a few weeks ago, I was messing with my scar and um, and just caused it to get really inflamed. And I was wondering if a piece of glass was still like coming to the surface, which I thought would have been really cool. Um, <laughs> thought it would have been like, cool. I was kind of waiting for it to happen. I was like, something's going to come out of my scar. Um, nothing did, but Damn. I had. Uh, I had. 700 stitches in my face to um to sew everything up and then they had to fix all the broken bones but there was also uh, all this window glass that had shattered into my face and had caused all the cuts and so early on there were uh they did a phenomenal job cleaning up my face but 
there were one or two pieces of glass. So <laughs> recently I was like, ah, oh, this could be the last piece of glass. Jeez. Oh, um, that really looking at me from the front of my my face, you can't see the scar all that much. And it's healed really well. Luckily, um, most of most of my injuries um, were simply to my face. And well, that stinks for, uh, you know, having a scar across the front of your face, I'm really lucky that I didn't injure right. uh, part of my lower extremities that would actually impact my ability to function through the world. And so when the accident happened, and I know Kenneth was saying they weren't sure, they, they didn't think you were paralyzed, but they weren't sure about any uh, neurological or muscular issues. Is that only because, because your head was injured or so there was no physical damage done to your legs? There was, yeah, beyond just bruising, uh, there was no physical damage below my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason they weren't sure is because I, I mean, I had taken the direct hit to my head. I'm really lucky I didn't have a traumatic brain injury or bleeding in the brain. Um, She did, she did have a TBI. It was just a, it was a concussion. It wasn't. Okay. No, it wasn't. It wasn't so severe that it caused other like, right. plastic damage. Right. And um, and then they had to keep me in a sedated coma through a second surgery. And so I was out for the first five days. So there was a significant period of time where they couldn't do some of the tests that they needed mm-hmm. to have me be awake for. Um so I think there's kind of this holding pattern where like my dad was really freaked out. Sure. You know, my parents both came in shortly thereafter they flew in from Pittsburgh and um, yeah, they just, there was like this, Oh, we don't know what's going to happen until she's awake. Right. So. And and during those five days, Kenneth, that's when you proposed multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I proposed every day until she woke up and then uh, this, I mean, the, after that first night she was no longer responsive because um she wasn't supposed she was supposed to be more sedated mm-hmm. than she was that first night uh so the next day she like you couldn't do anything you could like squeeze her hand or uh yell at her if you had wanted to and she wouldn't have <laughs> she wouldn't have budged. the nurses um asked my mom on the next day when she flew in and they're like are you sure your daughter's not on drugs because we never have this hard of a time dating somebody. But um, I was an athlete. I had really low blood pressure, really low heart rate. Yep. And you give someone too much sedation meds, you kill them. Um, so they were like Jeez. running this really fine line. And they were like, are you positive? Your daughter isn't taking some illicit drugs. Like, no. Oh, my uh, gosh. Just meth. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and EPO. Oh, no, we, we, weren't supposed, we weren't supposed to talk about that. <laughs> but being an athlete significantly made the recovery just so much faster and sure. so much better. Our bodies handle that stuff so much better when we're physically fit. That's awesome. I'm so glad, uh, obviously so glad you came out of it. And, and what a cool backstory to kind of propel you guys here. Um and like I said, I, you know, I was talking to you guys offline is I found you, your Instagram handle cracks me up. It's at real tricouple. <laughs> so 
because one spouse training for a triathlon isn't enough. The two of you had to do it, and both as professionals. So, how how is uh, how is that working out for you guys? Uh, it's going well. Uh, I don't want to. We shouldn't make the crash sound like everything was fine and dandy afterwards. Right. It was extremely difficult, mm-hmm. uh, and it still is actually um, emotionally and. Uh, especially when cyclists around here get hit by cars and we hear about it. And, uh, it's definitely, I still say it's kind of ruined cycling in a way for me. Mm-hmm. I know it has, uh, seriously impacted Adelaide's joy of riding. I'm sure we used to, we didn't have a car up until she got hit and we had to get a car afterwards cause she wasn't able to ride for a number of months. And so we used to, we used to commute everywhere and uh, on our bikes, and we do we still do as much as as we can, but um, uh, we still have a car. We use it, and um, it changed our lifestyle for sure. And I'm... I would say, as far as you know, you asked about training as uh, two professionals, it's a couple, and um, it's. Sometimes it's amazing in the sense, and I would say more often than not, mm-hmm. um, we do a really good job pushing each other. Like yesterday, we were at the pool for an easy swim, and it was in the evening, so we had taken care of some other stuff. And you know, we're in the hot tub, and it's like, okay, two k or one k, <laughs> like you know, and, and we we push through two k, um, and and sometimes it we we bring each other down too if one person's tired um, or one person's struggling. And I think I've kind of figured out the bike for now, but you know, last year I actually crashed on my own accord and broke my elbow and it brought up a lot of, it just brought up a lot of other stuff. Sure. No car was involved, nothing, but I really had to pick and choose when I was riding inside or riding outside. Mm -hmm. Um, some people have gotten used to the trainer they love Zwift. They, you know, I, I like riding outside. Um, I'm finally getting used to doing intervals inside, mm-hmm. but I felt really jealous when Kenneth would leave to go outside and I didn't feel comfortable riding outside. So I know that there were times last year where I really ruined his rides <laughs> oh, because, because I was stressed out and, he mm-hmm. left the house with me really, really stressed out. So I would say most of the time we do a really good job um, pushing each other, or encouraging each other, or just picking up the slack around the house when one person's training. Um, but there are those moments where you're connected to each other and you're both trying to do your best and you're both tired from training and it ends up working against you. <laughs> And um, are you guys on the same uh, training schedule? So I, I think we were talking, I guess it was offline, or maybe you mentioned the beginning. So, you know, Kenny, you, you coach Adelaide on the bike, but then you guys have yeah. an outside running coach. So is your training schedules the same, or do you, do you do, are they separate? Uh, no, they're separate um, for the most part. I, I give her bike workouts, and then she has a, a running coach. So she runs – five or six days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I only run three days a week. I run with uh, Boulder Track Club, which has a bunch of different ability levels. And um, 
I'm uh, I'm slower than the girls there, so. <laughs> but it, uh, so that's a really good push for me, and I kind of do my own runs and my own bike rides for the most part, and then we do a lot of the same swim, like masters workouts for swimming. Yes. Yep. Um, I'd say pretty much every day we're doing one workout together or kind of around each other. Uh, but we're not, we're not on the same schedule though. Gotcha. And I'm certain, you know, obviously, uh, after the crash and kind of you, you were telling me that you weren't really looking to get married and then that kind of opened up your eyes to what you maybe might not have had. So, um, there's obviously a lot of rehab and, and kind of, I'm sure you taking care of Adelaide and helping out with a lot of stuff. So it seems like, you know, and then here we are couple years later training together so your bond has got to be pretty tight with each other yeah yeah i'd say so we we spend a lot of the we spend so much of the day together especially mm -hmm. since we live in a very small apartment it's mm -hmm. a studio and we both work from home uh plus train together or around each other um we're a one car family so yeah right. together <laughs> We're always together. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's, you definitely need, feel like you need a little of your own space. Sure. <laughs> uh, which we don't, we don't have, but I mean, yeah, we, we get along really well together. And, uh, I mean, my brother and his girlfriend live in a van together. So oh. sometimes I think that we're really compatible and we live in close quarters, <laughs> but they, they live in close quarters. And, <laughs> uh, so it's not, I mean, yeah, I guess if you compare it to a third world family, we live in a huge, <laughs> huge open space that, um, I don't know. It's, I guess it's different than most people, most couples live where they have a nine to five. Right. And a house with more than one room. And uh, they probably don't see each other nearly as much as we do. Uh, I guess we, we make it work somehow. Yeah, well, it sounds like it. I mean, you've been through, you know, knocking on wood, hopefully the, one of the worst things you'll go through together, and here you are. <clears throat> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> well, I mean, not that, the, and then now you're, you're jumping up two feet as, as professional triathlete, so uh, obviously a different challenge for you both. Um, yeah. What's 2018 looking like for both of you? Oh, we're um, we're doing basically all this. We're doing like all the same races together. Also. Of course you are, right? <laughs> yeah, because we have Adelaide is really good with uh, finding deals and stuff. She we have the she, Southwest Companion Pass this yeah. year, so anywhere I fly, Kenneth's got to come. Because nice. it's you know the two for one. Um, but we're <laughs> we're really excited to do uh, Bariloche in Argentina. Wow! Like four and five weeks away um in march um that will be a really cool trip on top of just racing yep uh let's see what's after that we'll oceanside do oceanside st george nice. uh, raleigh yep court lane and then i'm thinking of doing uh my first full distance at uh whistler canada okay and I'm thinking of doing a race up in, I think it's South Dakota. There's like this little uh, nothing race that uh -huh. um, they're putting on. And the website's 
looks like it's from the early 90s. Um, <laughs> you have to send in a paper registration. I really like supporting um, the smaller races. Hopefully we'll get to do, uh, you know, one of the local without limits, like sprint races just on a weekend for training and um, and hopefully also show up to a race or two and, and volunteer on a day when we're not racing. Adelaide put put on a bike race uh, back in 2014 uh, before the crash. Yep. And before she'd even done a bike race herself, she decided to put on this bike race here in Boulder. It was a huge success. It was a great course. Hmm. It was a course that had been um, that hadn't been done for like ten resurrected years. Resurrected race, hmm. yeah. But I know how hard it is to to get volunteers as a race director. Right. I think you know part. My belief is part of being a professional is that we kind of represent the sport and we have to give back. And I think a lot of these small races, you know, don't get the attention that Ironman does. They can't brand the same way. Yep. But for somebody that doesn't want to spend a ton of money in the sport but still wants to enjoy the sport, I think that there's a lot of really awesome smaller races, and so. I now as a professional, it makes sense for me to really focus on the Ironman races, but I am going to try and kind of find some race that's out there. That's its own unique thing that I can enjoy and be in a different crowd. Yeah. Well, it goes back to the roots of why all of us get into the sport, right? I mean, it's, it's either the local 5k or there, there's a local sprint in my town every other Thursday night and, those are the ones that are oh, just cool. Yeah, they're just awesome. And and so it's like you run out of work and you know, you show up and people are in their dress clothes and getting changed behind a tree and um <laughs> you're literally racking your bike on, you know on a porta potty. Um but, <laughs> but but those are the but those are the best races. I mean, those are the ones that bring us all together um as yeah. triathletes. But I get it as professionals, you still need like you're you're the, the, the twenty dollars and six packs of beer you're gonna win at that race is not gonna help your career. <laughs> so yeah. um but it's also cool you're supporting those local races and then you have some pretty cool sponsors that we were talking about offline that I wanted you guys to, to talk about now because it sounds like they're doing some similar um pushes with the with the newbie and the newbie triathlete. Yes. Um last year at Oceanside um 70.3 Kennett was racing. I uh, I was spectating, and A Squared Bikes was uh, one of the sponsors at the for the for the race itself. And so we went up and and talked to the owner AJ. The bike company is really awesome. He's based out of Oregon. He sells direct through a website, and his goal is to sell a tri bike that um, somebody's not going to break the bank over. Um, his entry-level bike is, I think, $1,800. And then he also sells a package with race wheels um, for somebody that wants that. I think and he's also doing uh, – now he also sells just a frame, so you can build it up yourself. Wow. Or he, I think he's also doing an Ultegra build, which is a little more than his lower, lowest end. But <laughs> – they're all like a super good deal. And, um, he, he shows up at a lot of local races in Oregon and around the uh, Pacific Northwest. Um, 
trying to help new people get into the sport. And uh, so far, he's had a lot of success because I think there's a big market for people who don't want to spend $7,000 on their yep. first bike. <laughs> and and he's out of Oregon, so does he... Does or, he... or again. Or again. Like a, or like a gun. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Connecticut born and raised my whole life. Yeah, Never I know. left here. So. Kenneth's <laughs> from Oregon. You East Coasters don't know how to say our state's name. It's, it's, it's jarring when I when I hear it. I have to correct. That's fine. How, he's on a bend. How's that? We'll just I can pronounce that pretty well. Um, yeah, he's in. He actually, uh, he's living like probably ten miles or twelve miles away from where I grew up. Oh, cool. I grew up in Sherwood, Oregon. He's in. Uh, Lake Oswego, or wait, is he in Tualatin? One of the two. Uh, yeah, he's like very close to where I grew up, so we have that in common. We, uh, yeah. We, we we, uh, what's that? Both know how to pronounce Oregon. Yeah, we right. Have, that's we both know how to pronounce Oregon. <laughs> and, and correct those that don't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize there were snooty people from Oregon. So. That's the, that's the only thing we're snooty about. Perfect. And does he exactly? Does he make the bikes um, in in Oregon, or does he? No, no. He has a manufacturer he works with in uh, Taiwan. Okay, uh, where pretty much all bikes are built. Right, and that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he. They're carbon fiber. They're not. uh, Oh, sweet. They're not steel, so he's not like in his garage doing it. uh, yeah, so he, he makes a number of trips over to Asia every year to work with them on design and stuff cool. like that. And we've got to be a small part in um, not not designing the current bike, but help, hopefully for future bikes. Uh, we have it's been fun to provide feedback and uh, kind of be at the ground level for a company just starting up. That's awesome. And then you have another cool sponsor we we're talking about and you could pronounce it so i'll let you screw it up <laughs> oh yeah speaking of messing pronunciations up, right. that's, uh core and uh, that's a swiss company it's spelled c-u-o-r-e and yep. they do uh they do mostly uh bike and triathlon apparel but they're getting into uh running stuff too they have a new running line that they're just opening this year and again, it's um, they're they're a much larger company than A squared, but mm-hmm. they still like our uh, feedback on uh, designs and stuff like that. So it's their focus for a really long time had been on uh, cycling gear. They sponsor several world tour teams. They used to. They used, used to, to at mm-hmm. least. Um, I am cycling and uh, BMC. Yep. Uh, for a uh... few. I don't know yeah. if they sponsored BMC. They're going to. Anyway, uh, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I thought it's a real tri-couple bickering on my show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's, that's been their focus for a really long time, and then they started coming out with really awesome tri-gear. After my crash, um, they let me borrow a sample kit to wear for my first race back, which was St. George. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was in love with it. I didn't want to give it back. Like, let me keep it just a little longer. Oh, cool. Um, and so then we turned around, and they have an office in Boulder that we know several of the guys who work there, and they've done a really good job working with us on getting 
custom kits made. Um, so they do, they do a standard line that you can buy online, and then they also make custom gear, and that goes for the cycling kits, the tri kits, and the run apparel. So we're getting our new stuff in for this next year, um, this month. So we're really, cool. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they did a a rush, not a rush job, but they made they looked at the calendar and the, made sure that we were going to get it before Bariloche. I think it's arriving like the day before we leave. So it's <laughs> yeah, that'll be a nice going away present. Perfect. That's awesome. And again, it goes back to you guys kind of giving back locally. And here's some of the, uh, you know, I would say smaller companies. They're not the big behemoth bike shops. Yeah. Or the big, right. And they're, they're supporting you guys as well. So it sounds like a really great relationship for all of you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Corey is like their, their Boulder office. They have, they have multiple offices. I think their main office is in Switzerland, but uh, their Boulder office is like, a mile and a half away from us and it's on a road that we ride all like all the time so i can just wave at them and um it's easy <laughs> yeah. to stop it and uh actually i had a i had a, a massive bonk there um not there but on a ride a couple of years ago it was like it was my first ride back from uh off the off season and yeah. i just had started out too hard i didn't bring any food because it's always supposed to be a two-hour ride and I just completely bonked with like 30 or 40 minutes left to get home. And I, it was one of the most intense bonks I've ever had. And I, <laughs> I was going like seven miles an hour at points and just oh my God. My wheel straight. And I was going cross-eyed and uh, I got to Corey and they, I know they have a ton of snacks. They just, whenever you're <laughs> sure. in, all these snacks. So I got, I crossed the street and got in and they fed me like, a bunch of soda and like uh, gummy bears and all this tons of stuff, like probably a thousand calories worth of stuff. <laughs> and I still wasn't speaking correctly and they didn't think it was safe for me to ride home. So they, uh, Robin, one of the guys there who I used to be on a bike racing team with, uh, just drove me home. It was a mile and a half away. <laughs> right. but, well, that's, that's pretty legit. That's a nice sponsor to have. Yeah. Well, they weren't even sponsors at that point. I was just, wow. <laughs> that, yeah, they're they're really good people over there. Awesome. Cool. Well, I um so I promised you guys thirty minutes and we we ran over. So hope hopefully you guys are okay with that. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're fine. Cool. Today's easy day. Perfect. Well, I um I actually kinda wanna kinda put a pin in this. I want you guys to come back maybe in a couple months after some of your early season races. How's that sound? Yeah. yeah okay. Maybe after Oceanside. I know I actually know a lot of people racing Oceanside and um, actually Adelaide, the woman I'm going to introduce you to offline, um, who's going to be a future guest here on my show is doing Oceanside as well. So, oh, cool. yeah, I am doing so um, Rev three quasi, uh, which is not till June. I'm doing all Olympic distances this year. Cause I'm going to nationals in Cleveland Oh, yeah. in August. So yeah, I've done a bunch of 70.3s, did two last year, and I wanted to um, focus back on Olympic distance, which is my favorite distance. So uh, qualified for nationals last year, and that's my A race for this year. So looking forward to, to doing that. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So, it's, you know, as we were talking about you guys living in Boulder, 
it's humbling. Going to nationals for an age grouper is wicked humbling as well. So, oh, I'm sure yeah. it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like you're you're the king of your local sprint until then you go out to Cleveland with 4,000 other guys and girls, and you're like, holy shit, I am uh, not that fast. <laughs> yeah, it's when there's always someone better. Or there's always a lot of people better, usually. Yeah, well, that's okay. We all we all do it for different reasons. Yeah. Um, I fortunately <laughs> have other income coming in, especially for my spouse. So um, that's – but that's why I wanted you guys on my show because I think it's just totally cool what you guys are doing. So – um, I just want to thank you guys both again. So Kenneth Peterson, Adelaide Purr. Is it Purr? Yep, you got it. Cool. Look at that. Uh, oh. So we can find you at Real Tri Couple on Instagram. And uh, a couple of your sponsors, A Squared Bikes and Core. And it's I've, Instagram on A2Bikes is at A2.Bikes. And Core is at C-U-O-R-E of Swiss. So yep. little plug for both of them. I want to check them out. So kudos to you guys for finding them and vice versa. And yep. um, cool guys. So I want to end it here, but is there anything we want to leave anybody with before you guys have you guys coming back in a couple months? Um, nope. Uh, yes, to your listeners, good luck with the start of the season uh, as everyone gets going. Exactly. Yeah. I was laughing because, being in Connecticut, it's, we have miserable winters. I mean, you guys have cold winters, but at least it kind of breaks every once in a while. Yeah, they're pretty mild here. Yeah, we I we had a streak of two weeks where it was it never got above fifteen degrees, and it's last Celsius or no, that's Fahrenheit. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was at the pool last week, and it was thirty-two degrees, and I ran into like half a dozen guys I trained with. I'm like, it seems like we just came out of hibernation. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we're all we're all itching to get into the race season. So this is great to have you guys on, and we're going to check out your early season races. Cool, sounds good. All, all right, Ken and Allie, uh, real try couple. Thank you guys again. I truly appreciate it. Yep, have yeah, a good time. Talk soon. Bye. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Kenneth Peterson, Adelaide Per, real try couple. What'd you think? Uh, pretty cool story. Um, freaking amazing what Adelaide has been through uh, physically and mentally and having Kenneth by her side and then getting engaged in the hospital room. Uh, pretty, pretty amazing story. And here we are three and a half, four years later and how far they've come. Um, obviously a long way to go, but just pretty cool story to see what they're doing, especially as a pro triathlete married couple. Pretty crazy. Uh, I know I struggle um, finding time with my family now, and uh, my wife is not a pro triathlete, nor am I. So to have two people in the same house, swimming, biking, running all the time, and not only doing it because you enjoy it, but doing it because you have to pay the bills, has got to be insane. So kudos to Kenneth and Adelaide. Great conversation. You need to check them out on, at, on Instagram, at Real Tri Couple. Also, again, shout out to their sponsors, a squared bikes, which is at a two dot bikes and core of Switzerland. They are at C U O R E of Swiss on Instagram, two cool brands. That's helping out these local, uh, local pros do their thing. And finally, I want to thank you guys, the listeners, you've been sharing my episodes, uh, both on social and word of mouth. And it's really exciting. 
Um, have a lot of new followers every week, which I'm excited about. See those downloads keep going up, 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 up. If you like what you hear, continue to share it. Also, go over on iTunes. Give me five stars. I have five stars now. I want to keep the streak going. So keep that going as well. And also, a shout out to Johnny Guads, who is doing my music for my show, Original Music. Love it. If you love him, go check him out on Instagram, um, at Guadzilla. And I'll post that in the show notes as well. So... As always, I am J-Mac. You know how to find me, J-Mac underscore tries. Until next time, be awesome.